0: Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We meet every Sunday exploring the practical, transforming, and relevant teaching of the Bible by doing life together. Visit our website at crosspointonline.org to learn more. Now, get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. I want to just uh, take this opportunity to welcome everyone uh, to um, our gathering today as we Come to just celebrate uh Jesus and all that He is, uh and our wonderful perfect Father and the Spirit of God who is with us right now because that's His promise. Um, Psalm 19. By the way, uh it is the 19th, right? Uh and uh boy, it's what a powerful, powerful psalm. I just want to read just a little bit to you. Now, this is from the passion translation slash paraphrase, uh, but such a testimony of of what we are uh, really, why we're here today. Listen, listen, as I just read some of these. God's splendor is a tale that is told. His testament is written in the stars. Space itself speaks his story every day through all the marvels of heaven. His truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky, showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. Each day gushes out its message to the next, night with night whispering its knowledge to all, without a sound, without a word, without a voice being heard. Yet all the world can see its story, everywhere its gospel is clearly read so all may know. So bottom line, he's just saying right here, God's gospel story is on display through his creation. Even on this hot Atlanta, hot day here in Roswell, Georgia, uh, God's beautiful um, and powerful truth is on display. Now I'm going to skip down to uh, verse seven and read this. It says, God's word is perfect in every way, how it revives our souls. His law le- leads to truth, and his ways change the simple into wise. Praise God on that, right? His teachings make us joyful and radiate his light. His precepts are so pure. His commands, how they challenge us to keep close to his heart. The revelation light of his word makes my spirit shine radiant. Wow, what you seeing The power of God's word throughout the psalm is so amazing. Every one of the Lord's commands is right. Following them brings cheer. Nothing he says ever needs to be changed. The rarest treasures of life are found in his truth. That's why I prize God's word like others prize finest gold. Nothing brings the soul such sweetness as seeking his living words. So there it is. I mean, that's really the the foundation of what we are doing here today. We're coming uh, to sit before the living Word of God and to experience His radiating light, uh, to experience the cheer, the joy, the cleansing, everything that God's Word promises. So that's a tremendous benefit as we come together today is to allow God's Word just to radiate uh, and to be radiant in our presence in our lives today. So again, um, thank God for his living word on this July 19th, uh, 2020. Man, when uh, so much continues to be changing, and by the way, uh, you know, I, I was out of town. I was in Grady when the word came down that uh, Fulton and Cobb County schools would, be, would start the school year online. Now listen this this changes a lot for um uh for families i know and uh, i just got to thinking about that and i got a little bit depressed thinking about if this had happened you know some 20 years ago with six these kids in our house y'all would have to be doing some pastoral intervention you would have to be helping me big time so uh whoo lord jesus uh th- he is the answer uh his word is our foundation and we as the church are going to continue to do what we've been talking about through this pandemic and we're going to rise up and i don't know what that means for all of our our families with um uh, kids in school but uh god is going to lead us through this and we're going to be the church uh vibrant and radiant in a way Uh, that not only brings him glory, but demonstrates his support uh, in a way that uh, brings grace and comfort and uh, just truth to our family. So just want you to know, families, we're with you and uh, we're praying for God's leadership in this and and continue to uh, uh, come back to us. A couple more things, uh, just again, want to say, uh, as we've given a few more minutes for everybody to kind of pop online here, Zoom family, so great to see your faces. Um, uh, welcome, uh, uh, Facebook family, so good to see your faces. It's good to know, I mean, I'm, I am continue to just be um, amazed at how God is uh, redeeming uh, this pandemic and being able to establish his word in so many lives because we have folks, you know, Again, uh, welcome folks from uh, Georgia, all over Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Texas, the state of Washington. Phil, I see the, y'all are, are y'all back from your, uh, you're back from, from your anniversary trip. Yeah, okay. Um, so uh, our no longer, no longer Bound guys, just a big shout out to you. Uh, so it's so good to be able to be together. Uh, today even though it's virtually Uh, I want to continue to lift up some of our folks in prayer I hadn't talked to brother Doug in a couple of days but uh, continue to lift up Doug Barb uh, I saw you here just a minute ago Uh, uh, we're praying for you too you know as you serve and and minister to Mr. Dougie but um, I want to do that Uh, also this time next week Lord willing I'll be a grandpappy Woohoo. What about them apples? Uh, all right. Micah Micah is, uh, the ETA for Micah is this coming Thursday. So my world's fixing to change, 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 change. Okay. All right. Never mind. Uh, so, uh, just be praying for Sarah and, uh, for Evan, you know, as they go in on that, uh, I want to encourage you to, to continue to join us as we uh, gather to pray uh, on Wednesdays, Wednesday morning, Wednesday evenings. Uh, there's just a powerful, powerful, powerful difference that is experienced in our lives whenever we come in dependence on the Lord and pray. So it's, it's a game changer. Uh, also, just want to continue to get you to um, to be uh, in prayer for Ms. Martha, uh, one of ours that has uh, been joining with us. Cross street neighbors of the Seavers. Uh, uh, Mr. Wilson, who had uh, been in hospice, uh, went to be with the Lord yesterday, 90 years old. And uh, he um, I had an opportunity to be with him yesterday afternoon, just a real sweet, precious time. So uh, continued to uh, lift that family up. But uh, it's a bittersweet deal because there's a true celebration because of the blessed assurance that we have in the Lord. And bottom line, guys, you know, we all face that unless Jesus comes. There will be a day that we breathe our last breath right here on earth. What's it all about? Well, it's about knowing the very reason that God created us in the first place. The reason that all of this creation is out there to declare his glory and the fact that he loves you and he loves me and he wants a personal relationship with us. Uh, and so it's just a, uh, uh, just a, well, that's why we continue together is to give glory and honor and praise to to God because he is wonderful. Um, all right. There's a big treat that we are in for today. Pastor Aaron is going to be uh, delivering our message, and so we're the, we're the technical boys, we're the techie boys. You know why? Uh, because what's going to happen is, and after I pray, we're going to be doing some, swivel. yeah, some swivel. They call Aaron swivel hips, but anyway, <laughs> uh, we're going to have to change out the Facebook. I'm going to share. <clears throat> I'm going to share. You know his uh, Facebook. I don't know. It's it's going to happen, but don't let that get in your way from uh, receiving the word of God today, letting his word encourage you, letting his word challenge you and letting his presence fill you. Our prayer today is that you would, that you would, as a result of our being together today, that you would know God better and that you would love him more and that you, uh, would experience that blessed assurance that God wants you to have as his child. Uh, to know him and to love him. So again, good to see those faces. Thanks for uh, being a part uh, of this church as God is doing a new thing uh, uh, and reaching, reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ as we continue to be the church scattered. All right, let's, uh, let's just go before the Lord in prayer before Pastor Aaron comes and, and shares God's word with us. Father God, we just thank you so much for your amazing love. We thank you uh, for grace. We thank you for mercy. We thank you that your presence is enough. And Lord, um, we thank you that we can also come before you in all of our failures and, and our personal disappointments, and we can just lay these at your feet, and that you would just um, administer your love to us, your forgiveness your hope, your joy, that no matter what we're facing, that you've got a plan, you've got a purpose, you want to demonstrate your glory in this crazy world in which we live in, because you are an awesome God. God, we just uh, surrender our minds and our hearts to you today so that you can fill them with your presence. We pray that you'll be with uh, Pastor Aaron as he just brings forth your living word in these moments. And we make it our prayer in Jesus name. Amen. All right. All right. Facebook, uh, Mike, these Facebook, I'm going to, I'm going to pop off of this and then I'm going to share pastor Aaron. So my hope is that, uh, if you've joined me on my Facebook, you'll wait a minute. You'll, you'll look for pastor Aaron and you'll share, uh, uh, in the message today. All right. God bless. All right. Pastor Aaron. All right. Come on in yeah, here. I'm coming. So I'm swiveling. There you go.
1: Give you your your word. Good morning, Crosspoint family. Good morning. Good to see your wonderful faces today. God bless you. I'm gonna just put this uh, right here for my Facebook uh, family, all right there. Okay. Uh, oh, that's not... okay. okay. All right. God bless you all uh, this morning. Uh, it's Pastor Swivel hips here. Uh, <laughs> so good to see y'all. Oh, they are on the porch. That's awesome, Uncle Dorsey. What's up, Uncle Dorsey? That's awesome. Nice. All right, well, it's so good to see you, uh, you wonderful people. I'm blessed to be able to uh, be here with you all. Uh, God is so faithful and so good, and I just want to share his word, uh, as Pastor Mike was uh, sharing. I just want to share what he's doing in his word that is so precious, that is so timely, uh, that is so perfect and holy that we have. And uh, so today, as I talk about God's word, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects and also... Uh, not only my favorite subject, but a man by the name of Cliff Hobbs, his favorite subject, which is food. OK, we're going to be talking about food today. All right. Can I get an amen? OK, <laughs> so we're talking about food today. And, uh, you know, for me, you know, I love food. I love to eat good food. And we have been blessed beyond measure to be with uh, our grandmother who has pr- who provides delicious, scrumptious meals almost every day and she loves she does it out of the kindness of her heart and she would judge I mean she, every day we are blessed to have her uh making this amazing food and I'm sure if you've had it you've been blessed and uh maybe if you weren't saved before you came to the you came to Christ because you had some of her food so uh we're talking about food and you know so for me I don't have, you know, the vocabulary as some people do to describe the food that they eat. You know, some people are just—they have the nice vocabulary to just talk about, you know, the, the the look of the food, the taste of the food, the color of it, uh, the crust, the no crust, the the juices, all this stuff, right? For me, sometimes all I can do is just close my eyes and just say thank you, God, and just point to the food, right? You guys seen before, just somebody pointing to their food, "This is just good." You just, Take a moment to praise God, right? Uh, you know, some people talk you know, about their food in the ways where it sounds like maybe uh, it is a person they're talking about, right? So, so we're gonna talk about uh, food and we're gonna talk about Jesus's food. We're gonna talk about our food and we're gonna talk about real food. So the reality is after we eat any kind of food from any place, any restaurant we go to, uh, we're filled in that moment right? In that moment, maybe two, three hours, but we will be going to eat again, right? Especially if it's early in the day, we'll be eating again. And I believe God created us in a way that we could not take any other substance, uh, in us other than his living word, other than what would fill us and sustain us throughout eternity. And so, uh, we're going to be going, looking in the book of John. So if you could turn in your Bibles with me, you'd be going to the book of John or in your, on your phones and. Uh, At this point in the book of John, uh, you know, Jesus was already been baptized. Uh, He recruited his disciples and uh, he performed his first miracle, turning water into wine. Right. And so Jesus and his disciples were going back up to Galilee and, uh, you know, and they were on the way from Jerusalem. So they're going up north to Galilee. And uh, but first, before going to Galilee, they made a stop in the city of Samaria, made a stop in the city of Samaria. And so um, join with me in John chapter four. We're going to read verses three through eight um, really quick. Okay. It says he left Judea and went again to Galilee and he had, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar near the parcel of the ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph and Jacob's well was there. So Jesus being worried from his journey was sitting thus by the well, And it was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. All right, join me in a quick moment of prayer. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for your presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love, for your mercies that are new for us every morning. Father, we come to before you humbly, knowing that you are our God, you are our father, our friend, our savior, our master, our Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your word, God. I pray that your word will be what remains, Lord, that we would just hold on to you. Father, that we would be encouraged in our spirits and that we would be enriched in our souls, God, knowing that you are good and faithful to us. Father, I thank you, God, that you're already here and that you're doing a work in and through us. We love you, Jesus, and we give you all the praise in your name we pray amen all right so uh you know so i believe what happens here it kind of sets the stage for jesus to reveal to the crowds that were there listening it sets the stage for um his disciples and it sets the stage for us who would soon read his word about what it means to have real food what it means to really have real food and to be filled by that food so um know what we just read jesus made a stop in samaria the city of samaria before going further up north to galilee and some of you may have heard the story uh, of jesus and the woman at the well right so it was unheard of for a jewish man to be associating with a samaritan especially a samaritan woman right samaritans were half they were mixed. They were half breeds, and they were just thought of of less than, lower than, especially by the Jews. And Jesus, as his disciples make their way to get some food from the city, he stops and he ministers to this Samaritan woman. And so uh, he asks her, "Give me a drink," which is crazy. I mean, what kind of thoughts are going through her head? This Jewish man is asking me to give for me to give him a drink. And so she says, "Give me." He says, "Give me a drink." And then, you know, the woman goes on to say, you know, don't you know who I am? I'm a Samaritan woman. You shouldn't even be talking to me. And Jesus goes on to say, well, if you knew the person who you are talking to, you would ask me for a drink and I would give to you living water. And so then she says, uh, you know, um, so he says, you know, that water that you're drinking from the well, you'll drink from it and you'll thirst again. But I give to you water to drink and you will never thirst again. And so she says, well, give, give, give me this water you're talking about. Let me get this water. And then Jesus says to her, can you go get your husband for me? And Jesus divinely calls her sin out. He says, I know that you've had five husbands and the man you're with now is not your husband. And so um, she realizes that Jesus is much more than this uh, strange guy that's coming in to Samaria and talking to her. But he is some kind of prophet or somebody greater. And he eventually reveals to her that he is the Messiah, right? And so um, by this time, the disciples come back after their conversation, after Jesus and the Samaritan woman have a conversation. So we pick up back with me again in John chapter four and verse 27. So it says this, at this point, his disciples came and they were amazed that he had been speaking with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek or why do you speak with her? So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? They went out of the city and were coming to him. Verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. Rabbi, eat. Right. And so rabbi, Rabbi, meaning teacher, right, teacher leader he's he's a disciple maker jesus is uh their king he is lord he's the creator of the heavens and the earth he is master ruler he is above all things rabbi eat rabbi eat fill yourself ingest substance get food get tasty food satisfy your hunger so this is what they're saying to jesus not knowing what they're really saying and at that point Jesus begins to show us what it really means to be filled, what it really means to satisfy a hunger and a thirst that we all long for. Because I know, like me, like you guys, everyone desires, we desire more. We desire much more than we're seeing. We desire the living God, right? Like David says, my soul thirsts for the living God. And so this morning, I pray that God, uh, through his word, begins to reveal to you what that food is that will fill you. Because we all have a longing. We all crave much more. We crave the living God. We desire to be filled by him and him alone. So uh, we're going to continue reading in John chapter 4. We're going to go through to verse uh, 32. And Jesus, this is Jesus's reply to the disciples saying, Rabbi, eat. He said, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Right? And I could just imagine the disciples sitting there. uh, Nobody nobody brought him anything to eat, did you guys? And they're looking around like, was this this Peter's fault? This is probably something Peter did. I have food to eat that you don't know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are four months and then comes a harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Already he who, is, he who reaps is receiving wages. So I wanna stop right there for, for a second. You know, it's been a pleasure, uh, you know, not only being with our family on the hill uh, in Marietta, but just watching our Uncle Brant uh, do some serious work in the garden. He's been doing some serious work planting all kinds of vegetables, right? Okra, uh, cabbage, tomato, potato, um, any, you name it. He has planted it pole beans, and it's been a pleasure just watching him, right? And so we've watched him uh, sow, we watched him plant seeds, and we watched him harvest it. And so Jesus is saying, do you not, do you not say there are four months and then comes a harvest? So Brent would know, and some of you guys who also plant, you know that there is a time for harvest. He says, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages. So already, like he, like what just happened to the Samaritan woman, there's already a reaping happening. And where's a reaping happening? It's. The wages is gathering fruit for eternal life. So already there are people are reaping, like the lady, the Samaritan woman, and uh, for eternal life. So that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Verse thirty-seven. For in this case the saying is true: one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for which you have not labored. Others have labored you, and you have entered into their labor. So the reality is, God is saying, or Jesus is saying, I have sent you to labor. I have sent you to reap where you have not labored. Crosspoint has been a church. It's about to be 30 years old. Crosspoint. It's been 29 years of praying. 29 years of fasting. 29 years of reading God's word faithfully. 29 years of evangelism. 29 years of God doing a work and laboring. And so speaking practically for me, coming in here or for others who have trickled in along the along the way, along the years in crosspoint, there have already been years of labor at crosspoint and and, and seeds that God has planted for us. And so those who reap, those who sow, And those who reap will rejoice together those. And you know, pastor Mike has seen it all. He has seen it all right. All the 29 years. And so him and people who are just coming on the scene will see and be able to rejoice together. So we have entered in that labor for the disciples. It was already John the Baptist. He was already clearing the way for Jesus. He was talking about Jesus and he was going to come and uh, there's going to be one to baptize you in fire. And before John the Baptist, right, there were the, the, uh, the prophets and they spoke and they declared the word of God that he is coming. The Messiah is coming. And so there has already been laborers out. There's already been the seeds that have gone out. And so that those who are reaping and those who sowed can rejoice together. Okay, so we're going to continue on here. So the food that is Jesus' food is to do the will of God. That is Jesus' food, is to do the will of the Father, right? So that is Jesus' food, that he he does the work of God, and that is the harvest work. That is reaping what he has called us to do as his children, as his laborers, to go out in the field, and it's harvest work, is what God does. So next, I want to talk to you about our food. And what we do. So from Jerusalem, Jesus goes up to Samaria and he stays there for about two days and he's going on his way to Galilee. And so he continues. Uh, and he, there's a miracle that happens in Galilee. And we'll, go, we'll get back to that. And uh, then Jesus returns to Jerusalem and he has a discussion with some, with some authorities, with some Jewish authorities who are trying to kill him because he healed a man on the Sabbath. And then Jesus makes his way back to the Sea of Galilee and and there's a large crowd. And so this large crowd happens to be the 5,000 men that Jesus fed miraculously, right? Like I said, Jesus, I believe that moment that he started with the woman at the well, I believe he was starting to show us what it meant for us to be filled with an everlasting fulfillment and not something that was temporary. So. Uh, so so uh, Jesus comes up, and he's with this uh, this crowd, and, and this crowd is the 5,000, and some of you have heard the story, Jesus feeding the 5,000, right? There were 12 baskets left over um, from, you know, from only five loaves of fish, five loaves of bread and two fish, right? There were 12 baskets full that remained after God did a miraculous work, right? So turn with me to John 6, right? And so that same crowd that got fed, that got their stomachs fed and were filled with the bread and fish, followed Jesus back over to the Sea of Galilee. All right, so we're going to read John 6 and starting verse uh, 4. All right, so it says, Now the Passover feast of the Jews was near. Therefore, Jesus, lifting up his eyes again, that and saw a large crowd was coming to him. Said to Philip, "Where are we to buy bread so that they so that these may eat?" This he was saying to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. So th- that large crowd followed him, and Jesus asked the disciples to test them: "Where are we gonna Where are we gonna find bread for all these people to feed them? Where are we gonna find bread to feed them? Right? And so." Um, yeah, so we're going to find this bread to feed them, and um, I'm sorry, got a little turn around for a sec. Um, we're going to go through uh, John chapter six, verse twenty-five. Sorry about that, y'all. Yeah, so this is after Jesus fed the five thousand. Okay, and um, we're going to start in verse twenty-six. It said Jesus answered them, and said, "Truly, truly, you seek me not because you saw signs." But because you ate of the loaves and were filled, do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. Verse 28. Therefore they said to him, what shall we do so that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent Jesus tells his disciple in that moment that the only reason why these the crowds came back is because they were filled in their stomachs they were filled with food no matter how many miracles Jesus did people will still not believe no matter how many times he revealed himself the disciples didn't understand a greater truth right before he fed the 5,000 Jesus walked on water towards towards his disciples in a boat. And so Jesus is doing all these miraculous things, and his disciples are still not understanding the implication he's trying to make. But we have the luxury now, 2,000 years later, of seeing what the disciples said and did. Because honestly, I probably would have done the same thing. I would have had the same questions. I would have not believed even when I saw Jesus do signs and wonders, I would not have known that I was speaking to the living God. And so Jesus is trying to tell them after they ate, even after they ate, there is a feeling that they need to have. So I want to share with you guys just, I don't know if we have it, uh, Steve, but I want to share with you guys some uh, pictures uh, that I was um that I was a part of some uh, some work that we were doing, right? Jesus says in his word, don't work for the food that perishes, okay? So I want to give you this picture here. And sorry, Facebook family, you know you don't see the, uh, the picture, but it's a picture of uh, our backyard and like, I don't know, 10, 15 feet of dug up dirt, okay? So uh, me and my uncle Brent, um, we got to work together because there was a filling up in the sink of some water. So the water kept filling up um, in our sink, and he was like, Hey, look, here's the deal. And Brant, he's a very handy man. He said, Look, here's the deal. If you go out to the back and you unscrew um, this lid that is a pipe going out to outside in the water, in the ground, and water comes gushing out, that means that there is a problem in the ground. There is some pipe work that's happening underground that we don't know about. But if it doesn't happen, there's a problem under the sink. There's a problem under the sink that we got to correct. So I went out back, unscrewed the lid from uh, the pipe, and lo and behold, water came gushing out. So me and Uncle Brent, we spent six hours digging holes to try to find the pipe. In order that, we would unclog it and replace it. So I want to say this. I use this tool called a matic, okay? Matic. Matic. I know how to spell it, but matic. Um, and so one side has this flat end where you actually dig into the ground. Another side has a more straight end where you use to chop up roots. And let me tell you something: matic is a manly tool. Okay, it is a manly tool. You feel like you have accomplished so much using a matic. Okay, and like I'm supposed to be using the flat part to dig holes, but there's like roots in the way. And I know I'm exerting much more energy to use that other side to chop up the roots, but I don't care because I feel like, yes, I just destroyed roots that were in my way. Right. So we're using the mattock, We're using the shovel. We finally got to the end of the uh, of the house where uh, the pipe was clogged. We found it. We took it out. Uh, Brent went to the store, replaced the pipe, and it was a great day of work, right? Completely exhausted. But uh, we found the problem. We saved a bunch of money. My goodness gracious. We saved a bunch of money doing that. And um, so, yeah. So after that, after working, right, the only thing anybody wants to do and should want to do is eat. That is the only thing I can think about in that moment. I want a hot plate of food, like working that hard for six hours. I need to be filled. Lord, help me. Okay. So, this is not uncommon, right? All of us do this. There's something about eating food after working hard, right? After working hard. And some of you guys are literally working. Some of you guys actually maybe in construction, you work with your hands, you get your hands messy and dirty every day, whatever it is. There's something about being satisfied with food after you work so hard, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But God is trying to point to a greater truth, God is trying to point to a greater truth that we should not work for the food that perishes, but work for the food that lasts. So the second thing, right? I, the first thing I, we talked about was Jesus's food is to do the work of the father. But our food, honestly, if we're honest about it, our food is perishable. So that's the second thing I just want to leave you guys with is our food as human beings is perishable. It is here one day and it is gone tomorrow, right? And Let me tell you guys something. I have appointments. I have lunch appointments in the near future in the city of Roswell, okay, in Roswell to eat. And I haven't been to some of these places still. I have been in Roswell, Georgia for since September, and there are still places I have not heard of or visited to eat, right? And in the same way that there's places to visit and places to eat. Jesus has a food that we don't know about that does not is not here and gone. But Jesus has a food that lasts and that is eternal. Jesus has food which we rely on. Jesus has food for you and I that will fill us. I don't know what it is where in your life right now. What has you bound? What has you stressing out? What has you worrying or being anxious? But I pray that God's word will be the filling of your life and nothing else. Nothing else will fill that. And sometimes we try, sometimes food is what fills us. Remember it's like stress eating or whatever it is. We fill ourselves or entertainment with things that cannot and will not fill us. And God is trying to point to a greater truth that his word is the only sustaining thing because his word will remain throughout the ages. So Jesus is still bringing home this point that there's a food that we don't know about, right? And he showed his disciples, look, the woman she knew about this drink, and she thought that she was going to get her her thirst, her thirst, her quench her thirst, but she could not because she didn't know about the living water. These large crowds that were following him thought they were going to get another, uh, you know, another fish sandwich from Jesus. And they were still not satisfied, and there was still more that Jesus had to give to them. So we're going to go to John 6, chapter, yes, John chapter 6, verse 30, and read with me there. <clears throat> so they said to him, this is after Jesus says, uh, uh, this is the work of God, to believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, what then do you do for a sign? so that we may see and believe you. What work do you perform? Oh my gosh. What work do you perform? He literally, literally just fed 5,000 people. And they're asking for another sign. What are you going to do again, Jesus? How are you going to please me? How are you going to make life about me again? What can you do for me? What work are you going to perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. He's talking about, the israelites they literally had manna come down from heaven right in the wilderness as it was written he gave them bread out of heaven to eat verse 32 chapter 6 jesus said to them truly truly i say to you it is not moses who has given you the bread out of heaven but it is my father who gives you the true bread out of heaven for the bread of god is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world then he said to him lord Always give us this bread. And you know what's funny is that that's the same thing the Samaritan woman said after Jesus said, I have living water. She said, Lord, give me that water then. Let me get that water. Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. He who comes to Jesus will not hunger. He who believes in him will never thirst. There is a longing in our hearts. The Bible tells us that God has placed eternity within our hearts. There is something missing in our life. And sometimes, most times, if we're honest, we fill it with other things, with other people, with other ideas, instead of the only substance that is long-term, instead of the only thing that can sustain us and be the very source of our life. So the third so Jesus' food, is to do the work of God. That is the harvest. That is the harvest that has already been happening. That is the harvest that you and I get to play a part of. Like I said before, not only has there there's been people praying and fasting and reading God's word faithfully in this area of Roswell, Georgia, through Point Community Church, faithfully, So seeds have been sown. Seeds have already been sown. And we, all of us here, have entered into other people's labors by the grace of God. That's in our context. For the disciples, their context, it was John the Baptist before him that was laying the foundation for Jesus to come and to preach the message of his kingdom. Before the disciples, it was the prophets declaring the Messiah is going to come. And Jesus came and fulfilled all those prophecies as he lived his life on earth. So Jesus' work is to do the will of God, harvest work, which you and I can partake in. Our food is perishable, human's food. It's here and it's gone. It's delicious, but it's gone and we're hungry again. Matter of fact, we were just talking a while ago before this, where are we going to go out to eat, (laughs) right? Where are we going to go out to eat? Because your boy's going to be hungry after, okay? Some of you are going to go out to eat. You may have some food at home already. But Jesus is pointing to a greater fulfillment that can only be found in him, that can only be satisfied, a craving that you and I have. Something is missing. Something is off in my life, and it cannot be filled. So let me fill it with everything else. And God is saying, no, don't do that. Don't fill your life with things that cannot hold you. But fill it with the only one and the only thing that can sustain you and bring life, not only life, but eternal life and security with Jesus. Eternal life. So let's continue on in John chapter six. So it's gonna get a little weird here, okay? But this is the word of God. And I want you to I want you to 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 stay with me, okay? I want you to stay with me. This is the word of Jesus, okay? We're gonna go to John chapter six, verse fifty-two. Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Because Jesus said he is the bread of life. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourself. What in the world is happening? You guys ever know when somebody says something or does something, maybe you are doing it with me earlier, but you started to have some cringe moments like, ugh. Like your insides kind of tighten up and you start to cringe on the inside. Imagine all the listeners right now that Jesus just said, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourself. Is Jesus talk? is he, is he talking, is he talking about cannibalism to eat? I, I didn't think this was like the belief. I didn't think this was what. Verse 54, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has the eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. Some of the Facebook listeners are like, I'm out of here. Verse 57, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the father so he who eats me he also will live because of me verse 58 this is the bread which came down out of heaven not as the father's ate and died he who eats this bread will live forever and that's the, that's the thing about Jesus doing miracles god he can do all the miracles in the world he can walk on water he can heal He can raise the dead, but people will still turn around, myself included, because of the sinfulness of my heart and say, crucify him. All the miracles, he can do all the miracles in the world, but he was trying to point the disciples and and the crowds to a greater truth, that there is fulfillment found only in the word of Jesus, only in Jesus, alone. How how are you supposed to eat? What are you talking about eat his flesh and drink his blood? The Bible tells us that he is the living bread. Jesus was the bread that came from heaven, which the Israelites ate. And you know what's interesting about the Israelites? They complained because all they had to eat was bread every single day. And they complained and said, God, you should have killed us in Egypt or at least kept us there because in Egypt, at least we had tasty onion and and garlic and leek and fish. We had all this stuff and we come to the wilderness and all you give us is some stupid bread day after day. The Israelites complained about the bread that God provided, but they did not realize, which we had the luxury to see, that he was giving them life. Life, eternal life. Jesus is the very word of God. He is the very bread that provides us with life and satisfaction that we will never experience in anyone or anything else. And he is trying to show us a greater truth to a fulfillment in our hearts, in our souls that we've been longing for. What is it that we're longing for? What is it that we yearn for that we try to seek in other people and things? Jesus is saying, it's me. If you eat of this bread daily, if you drink of this blood, if you remember what I've done for you, you will have life. So Jesus says, uh, do do the work which lasts. The people ask, what's the work that lasts? It's to believe Belief in Jesus is the work that lasts Is the work of God. I don't know what you believe about God. Maybe today, now you believe he's a can't, he's a cannibal. Maybe you believe he's crazy. Why would he say something like that? I don't know what you believe about God, but I want to remind you as pastor Mike read earlier that his word is our life. It's everything. God's word is our substance. All these amazing places I'm going to go to in Roswell to eat food, they're going to be here. I'm going to enjoy it while I can, but they're going to be gone. But the word of God remains forever. Jesus will be ruling in heaven by the authority of his word that he spoke 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago, he will be ruling on the new heaven, new earth, out of the foundation of his truth that will last. We don't just you know, read this Bible for knowledge and information. We read it so that we may live. Jesus's word is the very life in our souls and our bones. And I don't know if you felt dry, if you felt like you've been depleted of energy, you feel weak all the time and tired and you can't go on. I want to remind you today that Jesus has an offer to you his offers that you believe in him that is the work we ought to do is to believe in him. believe who he says he is. believe that he came as a man wrapped in flesh to take the place of us. we deserve death we deserve punishment we deserve judgment but God has placed it on his son. If you believe today in who he is and what his work, his accomplished work on the cross did for you today. Jesus wants to be the fulfillment of your heart. He wants to be your life's source. He doesn't want you to look anywhere else to find fulfillment. But he wants, he wants to be the fulfillment of your life. so I just, in closing, I just have uh, a few, a few application points. How do we apply this now? Okay. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the living water. How do I apply that? Well, I would say one, we can lift up our eyes, lift up our eyes. As Jesus said, Jesus lifted up. He told his disciples to, to lift up their eyes and see that the harvest is, is white. It's, it's ready for harvest. The harvest is it's ready because he has sent people way before I got here, way before you got here, into his field to spread his gospel, to plant the seed of faith, to plant the seed of his gospel message so that those who, who uh, like he said, who, who sow and reap can rejoice together. You and I can rejoice together. But we have to look and see the work that God is already doing. Let's lift up our eyes and see the harvest, the work that Jesus does, the work. That's his food. His food is to do the work, and his work is the harvest. Let's look up when we go to the restaurants. When I go, when I got these meetings now, I want to be intentional about speaking to the waiters and the people, knowing that, somebody may have planted we are in the we're on the dirty south we are in okay this is the Bible belt. everybody and their mother goes to church right they have been seeds planted and God has included you and I so we have to lift up our eyes and look at his harvest where he gets his food. Secondly I believe we need to we need to believe we need to believe. And believe, believing is hard work. It's not all the time we feel confident about getting up every day and and surrendering our life to Christ and believing him and putting him first. Believe in him. And I don't know where you are on your journey with him. If maybe you used to believe in him you stopped believing because something happened You don't understand what's going on in the world today. You're so confused by um, everybody's opinions of what's happening in our world. It's causing you to lose faith in the very God who loves you. God is asking you to believe in him. Believe in him. Trust him with your life. And then let him become your life. And then thirdly, I love this, and I know Pastor Mike would appreciate it. Abide. Abide in him. Abide. I'm just going to read one more time what it says, and you don't have to put it up there, Pops, but verse 55. For my flesh is true food. That is the true food we need. Jesus's food is to do the work, which he's calling us to. Our food is here and it's gone, but true food is his flesh, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. What a loving God we have who desires to abide in us. He desires to abide in us and be the strength of our life, be the source of our being. Are you you thirsty? Are you hungry? Is there a deep desire for more in your life, for more of God? Abide in him. Let his word enrich your heart and enrich your soul. Let his word be the very foundation of your life and nothing else. Let his word teach you, convict you, humble you, train you, and point you to Jesus. God has a work. And, and I, uh, I, don't, I don't have these notes, but I, wanna, I just want to share this really quick in John 4. God has a work to do. God has a work to do, and I believe he's calling you and I to do this work, Crosspoint family and everybody who's listening. The amazing thing that happened after Jesus talked to the Samaritan woman, verse 39 says, from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things I've done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them, stay there two days. Many more believed because of his word. His work was accomplished. He got his food. Jesus got his food because people believed. His work was being done. The next story is about the role of the official. His son was sick about to die the man said just come see my son and Jesus says your son your son lives the Bible tells us this is John 4 50 your son lives and he himself believed that royal official believed not only that but his whole his whole household believed his entire household believed God's work is being done God has called us to a work, his harvest, not to be filled off of the temporary, but to be filled off of his everlasting word, his eternal word that is never changing and is alive. I pray you're encouraged this morning. I pray that uh, Jesus will be the very source of your life and my life as we continue to trust in him. So I just want to say a prayer over you and uh, ask that God fills you with his word and fills you with his truth. God, you are amazing. Father, there is no one like you. God, we are blessed beyond measure. God, we are so blessed. We are so blessed, God, for so many reasons. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us a second chance at life, for thinking about us, that we were not just some number, but we are a son, we are a daughter. We belong to you, we belong to the family of heaven. Thank you God for the work that you have done in our lives this far. Thank you for the work you have done in this community and the work you're continuing to do and that we have entered into labor from generations before us. And we get to watch you at work, God. And we get to be filled with your word, filled with your word and filled with your work. Thank you so much, Father, for this time we have with you was precious. Lord, I thank you that your word is alive and living and that it is eternal and everlasting. It will never change. It will never get old it feeds us it is the very source of our being thank you so much father for who you are in our lives jesus and we just want to surrender to you in this moment we want to surrender anything that is filling us other than your word anything that gives us uh fulfillment other than who you are in our lives god we bless your holy name and we thank you that you are good we love you jesus we pray all who send your name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CCC Roswell. Learn more and find ways to get plugged in at Crosspoint by visiting our website, crosspointonline.org. There, you could drop us a line or submit a prayer request. Like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.